Well, everybody, welcome to RPG Cast episode 171 for the week of April 2nd, 2011. It's the day after April Fool's Day. Did you guys get fooled? I got fooled by someone. What did you guys get fooled by? Uh, nothing. Uh, well, that's John Yearworth, who got fooled by no one. Anna Marie Neufeld got, got fooled by... Um, one of the regular posters on the Runic forums posted a thread that was like, Torchlight 2, next class officially launched, and I knew clicking it was going to be April Fool's, and I clicked it anyways. Did you get Epic Sax Road? You didn't get Sax Rolled? You should have got Sax Rolled. That's the thing to do this year. Manny, did you get fooled by anyone? Uh, no. Oh, for a second, uh, Aspire Media had like a blog announcement that said they were bought by Apple. I'm like, yeah, right. And I click on the story. It's like, of course you weren't. Apple wouldn't buy you. Did you see the, the play set? The Apple Store play set? Apple. Oh, that was hilarious. That was awesome. <laughs> I think my favorite one. It's like play school play set, but for the Apple Store. And they, they did the video so perfect, just like an Apple video. I got this some... funny email about like how cheap Ratchet and Clank was and how I should totally buy it from Annie. Oh. That's interesting. How cheap is what what now? Ratchet and Clank. <laughs> Ratchet Annie, and Clank? Yeah, when you mis emailed me. Oh no wait, that was Oh the yes, that's that was right. The before, wasn't it? <laughs> well in some cases, um, April, April Fool's Day was just a chance, an opportunity for people to show off their programming skills or some such. Like all I think my favorite ones. one is the Hulu one. 1996 Hulu on Netscape. <laughs> yeah, with the GeoCities homepage. <laughs> it's terrible. Best uh, viewed with Netscape. And like, oh, I love the dithered GIF images for all the videos. And like, yeah, X-Files hilarious. was featured. <laughs> the worst part is I started watching all those 1999. I'm like, man, Murder One's pretty good this week. <laughs> I could, yeah. I, I was waiting for like the video quality to also be low, but it wasn't. I was disappointed they didn't go all the way. I wanted yeah, like the, the, ninety-six um, QuickTime movies, you know. Star, Starcraft two for Connect was pretty. Fun. Oh, that was so. I would play that, and I love how the Korean guy is just like he looks like Minority Report. He's just doing it so perfectly. It was great. <laughs> um, I well actually, I think all of Blizzard's ones were hilarious. Krabby, the dungeon helper. Yeah, <laughs> it's like Clippy. Hi, it appears your your healer is asleep at the wheel. Would you like me to poke him for you? Please. Oh, oh God, God. Burn. <laughs> it burns! <laughs> the burning. You the fact that the character was level eighty four in an eighty five raid. Yeah, I like how they. Yes. <laughs> They they had uh, people posting in the comments like, oh, this is live now on the PTR. <laughs> just, just to continue faking people out and get them to log into the PTR looking for it. it Did so you guys weird. look around the rest of the WoW site? Because uh, Clippy would follow you around and make yeah. comments on every feature. Yeah, like yeah. Uh, he would always I'm say... I'm Commander Krabby, and this is my favorite post on the internet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what my favorite class is? All of them! Because <laughs> it's Ghostcrawler. Uh, it was your, so fun. Um, your whatever your um, character class is on your armory page. Oh yeah, he, say, could, he yeah, was reading yeah, your, data off the page. Yeah. yeah, yeah, your character class is getting nerfed next patch. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see that. That's great. Um, Manny, <laughs> did you read the uh, these StarCraft two patch notes? Oh yeah. Oh no, I missed. They it. had fake yeah, StarCraft two patch notes because of the uh, because of the fact that no one likes the mothership. They are making it sleeker and more streamlined and calling it the Cougar Ship. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Comes out. 
it will immediately begin uh, gravitating towards bases that have been on the map for 18 to 21 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> and taking them. <laughs> it's so goody. <laughs> they, also, they also that, had fake that, wow patch you, notes, too. Uh, then you dungeon as well. Oh, yeah, that was yeah, kind of yeah, lame. Yeah. But... What was that? It was like, uh, due to his popularity, the, the Lich King will become a five-man heroic. Due to its popularity, the Bastion of Twilight will become a five-man heroic. Due to its po- popularity, uh, Dead Minds will become a five-man heroic. Which is already a five-man heroic. Wait, they've just they've taken it too far. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so but also that was all the, good uh, stuff. The, the dungeon of endless darkness or whatever yes, it was. the completely pitch-black black. dungeon with the achievements <laughs> for navigating the dungeon without bumping into a wall. Oh, <laughs> uh, some other good. Oh, yes, the StarCraft II patch note that said, uh, fixed a bug where Terrans were able to lose matches. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, what did we have more for the RP gaming side of things? We had some stories up. Well, there oh, yeah. was uh, Noodles. Noodles had probably one of the better oh. ones. Yeah. The log? Oh, yeah. Log RPG. I like that. Oh. I particularly loved the um, White Wolf ditching their current vampire line. <laughs> Go for Twilight. In order yeah. to pick up a Twilight line. And it was great because I'm like, this is so fake. And I totally have to play along. So I'm like posting in the forums. Like as soon as the LARP book comes out, I'm just going to kill myself. <laughs> That's great. Oh, a- Nix's is still up. Her My Fa- RP Gamer family story. That's funny. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally. We're going to leave it And so is, oh, I see the columns. The non-news stories stay up. Dragon, Chris. We are not allowed taking it down. Say what? I'm wrestling a dragon troll. Oh, you are? Okay. Yes. I, I didn't get any love in her post. Yeah, no, but did you get love in the forums, right? I did. Because your story begins in the 1200s. In the 1200s, yes. <laughs> yes. Um, I'm Chris Privetier, by the way, your host. Uh <laughs> That's oh yeah, pretty good I forgot intro. about that. And I better stop sax rolling in the chat room. They've been getting that music the whole time. Uh, oh really? <laughs> poor guys. <laughs> I love that thing. I didn't know about it till yesterday. So I've, I've been watching that all day. <laughs> and the original source material. All right. So what do we got? Ooh. So let's lead off. Uh, I did. I did something cool last weekend. Um, I don't know if you guys did anything cool last weekend. You want to know what I did? No, I didn't do anything cool because you didn't tell me soon enough. Hmm. Oh my gosh. No, you were not flying out just for that. Trust me, it wasn't worth doing that over. Uh, I went to Midwest Gaming Classic, uh, as I do every year now. It's fun to go to a convention to enjoy it rather than cover it. So I went to this convention and enjoyed it. I put some uh, photos up on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash rbgamer. You can see a handful of photos I got from the event. Um, And I picked up some games. So I don't know really how to cover these things other than just tell you what I bought and hope it doesn't make people jealous. So... Here's what I bought. First off, for the Sega Saturn, a stall. Ooh. Which, if you don't know what it is, it's like a really nice-looking, action-y, platform-y type game. So, very pretty. Never heard of it. Never heard of it. Uh, I also picked up Super Dimension Fortress Macross for the Saturn. Oh, that. (laughs) Which is a Japanese game. It was cheap, obviously. Not worth paying a lot of money for. Uh, I don't think it was that good anyway. Yeah. And let's see. Uh, oh, I also picked up Cotton 2 for the Sega Saturn from Success, which is a shoot 'em up. And where you're a witch on a broom and stuff. Pretty cool. Shoot 'em up. Those cost too much, I tell you that. Uh, for the Dreamcast, I picked up uh, uh, 
a series I like, but it's really gory. Um, they have a game for it called Sword of the Berserk Guts's Rage. No, that's from the uh, yeah, anime and manga series Berserk, yeah. surely. Yep, it is. <laughs> so I got that. And Mars Matrix, which is a shoot 'em up for the Dreamcast, which is a pretty good one. Um, I can't find Border Down, and that makes me sad. And I, I'm, I lamented this to people, and, um, well, it, they've told me that I'm never going to find Border Down. So, uh, yes, uh, chat room. I do. I, I have a modded. Say, I, I bought a U.S. Saturn uh, two years ago and modded it with a soldering gun and some wire, so I can play Japanese games now. Oh, and finally, the pickup of the show. Guardian Heroes for the Saturn. So, nice. I want to play that. This looks fun. Um, that leaves like important Saturn games I need to pick up to. Let's see. Well, I forget one of them. I forget, but the other one that I really still need and I will probably never ever get is, of course, Panzer Dragoon Saga. But I'm one step closer by picking up Guardian Heroes. All right. <sighs> what? This is Emmanuel Marino. I don't know if I was introduced. Yeah. But. <laughs> Uh, so I have some general. You were already for you. talking. <laughs> I didn't know if I was introduced. I, I left. The, the, I stood up for a minute. and They were just like, "Oh, we're just talking about April Fool's Day jokes." Like, nope, the podcast started. Yes. Anyway, so where is the Midwest Gaming Classic? It's in uh, Brookfield, Wisconsin. Lately, uh, it's always somewhere near Milwaukee, Wisconsin. This year, it was technically in Brookfield, Wisconsin, at a Sheraton hotel that has lots of room for it. So a lot of people. Yeah, uh, lots of people. I don't know. I can try and get the numbers for you, but nothing like E3 or anything like that. It's a much more regional convention. Something like a small I watched the video of that guy singing. He was kind of funny. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I put a video up on my YouTube of a guy uh, singing, um, which you can't find now because it's a link only so that he never gets in trouble with his employer. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, I don't have numbers on how many showed up, unfortunately. You know, I mean, it's no more than, like, you know, a thousand or anything like that. But, you know, plenty of So, like, of what are the big events? Is it mainly just uh, buying old games? Well, the big, games? the big, the big uh, attraction is, of course, the trade floor, where you have a bunch of vendors showing up with their used games, and uh, some people who just fly in. Some people like to fly in from event to event, uh, like Carlson from MadGear.com, who likes to come over with all his rare import stuff. Like that's where I got a couple of games I showed you, and uh, they and some vendors who are just local, and they all get in the trade floor, and you go and shop for a bunch of old games, and try and convince yourself that you need to spend money on this old game that you sold back ten years ago. Uh, that that's the main the main attraction. They also have a big arcade room where people are selling arcade and pinball machines, but while they are out there for sale, everybody can play them for free. So it's this huge room full of arcade machines and so much pinball, and just play as much as you want. That is awesome. And then they have a bunch of speakers and stuff from uh, different parts of the industries. Like they had uh, Ben Heck talking about modding and stuff like that, and they had a bunch of pinball designers on for a panel and that sort of thing. So, you know, panel-type stuff like you'd see at PAX, only you know, not quite as big as it is in PAX. Uh, and uh, they also had community events. So if you're familiar with the site, VGEvo.com, they just relaunched. They're now Retroids.com. They had a big room downstairs with a bunch of different systems set up for you to play various games and play uh, Street Fighter and stuff. And they had um, an arcade down there as well. There's a big room devoted to Pokemon where I got myself drawn as a Pokemon trainer uh, with a Smugleaf. And that was awesome. And uh, they had a room about Mario and Luigi having birthday bash, which means they had a bunch of 
Nintendo arcade games like Donkey Kong and the Super Mario Pinball Machine, which is really hard to find, and that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, so just a lot of cool classic and retro stuff, as well as some current stuff, and a huge museum. Like, pretty much, uh, there's a whole wing to this thing de- devoted to pretty much having every gaming system ever, ever laid out and playable in some form. So, like, from the Amiga to the the 360, they have freaking everything in between. So you can find a, you can play a Jaguar if you really want to, and uh, all that sort of stuff. So lots of cool things that you can do there, and and just spend a lot of time just playing games and chilling with your friends. It's a great thing to just go with friends and play all these games you haven't had or been able to play for years. And you may not want to spend the money on them, but you can sure play them, play them to death while you're there. So fun time. And uh, Retroids, of course, has an after party on Saturday night, which is quite awesome and resulted in someone getting really drunk and singing Eye of the Tiger, as any good after party should. Was that you, by any chance? It was not, and I was very happy that it was not. Lies. (laughs) I actually beat someone in Street Fighter 4. That was the amazing part of that night. (sighs) Who was more smashed, them or you? Uh, Neither. I'm guessing... Oh, okay. Well, actually, he did start taking jello shots halfway through. So... Ah! Nah. I, I was... He says... I said, oh, no, I, you should take the jello shots, then I've had a better shot of winning. But then his friend leaned over and said, no, he gets better when he gets drunk. And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> so, I don't know how that went. <laughs> Wait, I do know how it went. I was there. I won. Two to one for matches. It was fun. Uh, yeah, that's Midwest Gaming Classic. I don't know what else to say... It's pretty good. Check out the photos. And I highly recommend you go in if you're in the area. And I don't know that it's really worth um, flying cross-country for. I'd reserve that for a short little show like PAX or something. But still, really cool. Where can people find the photos? Facebook.com slash RPGamer. It's in, uh, it should be like the top photo gallery we have right now. Uh, it's second photo gallery, but you can just click on photos. Yeah, just check, click on photos. And, of course, if you want more info on Midwest Gaming Classic to see how it's going to shape up for next year, go to MidwestGamingClassic.com. Sweet. All right. Shilling done. Shilling done. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into the feedback. Midwest Gaming Classic so fun. You got me thinking about it now. It's, it's hard to go to, like, work and stuff after a weekend like that because it's, like, a bunch of gaming with friends, and now you just want to, like, keep doing that for the rest of the week. Take a week off. <laughs> not for MGC. I got I got to I got to save those for E3 and packs and stuff. So All right, first off feedback. We've got a letter from Lord Kaiser who says, "What RPGs lack today is the passion of the creators and a bit of classiness. There's no more overdramatic scenes where a character dies and the others simply and the other others suffer deeply and want revenge." Then they punch the villain, breaking several walls behind him. Or the hero bleeding to death and still walking, leaving a trail of blood. And then, you know, an exciting story that keeps you hooked. Gameplay mechanics that are not overcomplicated and yet entertaining, along with a touching OST. What he's talking so, about is a melodrama. Yeah, he wants more melodrama in the RPGs. You guys agree? That's not, that's not passion. I mean, are you kidding me? A lot of developers are passionate. You need to be even like more passionate to work these long deadline hours, trying to create all of these assets and make sure everything works and yeah. still make room. Well, that yeah, the developers can be passionate, but what about what about the RPGs themselves imparting that passion to you? Well, he well, I think the statement was the passion of the creators and a bit of classiness, and I think there are there's a lot of passion in, in several of these games put in there. 
like like Fallout is a, definitely a work of passion because all the hate they were getting for all those years and all the people naysaying them and still sitting there to design every little building and make sure that the bobblehead is placed in the proper place so people will find that's I feel like that's a lot of passion in there. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't want melodrama. <laughs> but I, I you know I just I'm, I'm only taking exception to the fact that somehow developers today don't have any passion in making their games. Well, I I just don't want games to be bland like White Knight Chronicles was. So I don't know. Quinn, Anna, what do you think? <laughs> eh. <laughs> they, they don't have any passion, so they can't comment. I, I, there, there, are game, there are games I know that have passion, it, just that most people don't bother playing them. Dude, you play Super Robot War games. Don't they have a lot Ex- of melodrama? Yes, yes, they do. And okay. I don't mind it. You don't mind it. So there we go. It's just that, no, I say, hardly anybody else plays them, so... Hey, that's a good question. What about the uh, Final Fantasy VI opera scene? Was that a good amount of passion and melodrama without Are we talking about two top? different things, though? Because oh, I, like, I feel like it's two different discussion topics at the same time. Yeah, well, he's not... He's not he, is, he wants games to be passionate about, you know, storylines and stuff. It's not about developers having passion, although right. the developers having passion helps. Well, because the first it, sentence sort of says that, though. That's why I'm thrown off. All right. Fair. He seems to imply both. I guess he thinks that if the creators have it, it'll come through in the game. I don't know. I think, uh, I don't know, Manny. Just saying that you work really long hours means you're passionate. I don't think well, that's they true. Come that I, just I feel means like you a have lot. a job, really. Uh, but at the same time, just to say that these people don't care about their business, what they're doing just because it's not the good old days. Just because it's not the good old days, I don't think that's his argument. I'm not quite, and I'm not quite sure why. Um, I'm not quite sure why, uh, in some cases, melodrama is bad unless it's executed poorly. Hmm. I mean, well, what's it, the difference melo- between drama I mean, and melodrama? Drama is um, like, well, drama is probably what you think it is. Melodrama is exaggerating characters' um, plots to appeal to people's emotions better. Oh. Okay. So that's not mm-hmm. an easy thing to detect then. I don't know. It seems like this question is three different questions wrapped up in one. Because we're, it seems like each one of us is talking about a different topic. <laughs> well, what do our RPGs need more? Because the stories haven't been all that great lately. I don't know. Which ones? Like, are you talking about like Japanese? Are, like, are we talking about Japanese RPGs? Western RPGs? Well, like Final like- Fantasy thirteen had some issues with its story. That's for sure. No, Final Fantasy XIII's story. I feel that Final Fantasy XIII's issue with its story was they just didn't tell enough of it. Oh, okay. You know, they they set they set up a large world with quite a lot of considerable mythos, and then never actually explained half of it in, in the actual game. Oh, don't worry, you'll see more of it in Final Fantasy XIII too. Yeah, but they. I mean, you know, they could have. Oh, I know, I know. <laughs> they could have done in the original game, so. Hmm. Does this question really only apply to maybe Japanese RPGs? Maybe. Okay. Uh, I don't know. That, that doesn't seem true. Because hmm. Hmm. I don't know. Because I feel like stories, like st- people are praising stories like The Witcher and The Witcher Two for being down to earth and like sort of this real kind of rawness to it. And a lot oh. of other games are are pushing more towards personal narratives where you create your own story and your own melodrama, and you have, and it, each story is deeply personal to you, and, and so it matters more as a result instead of having something told to you. Okay. Ooh. 
I just learned there's a new uh, <clears throat> there's a new DVD for Distant Worlds. No, I have to wait until November for that. It's out April fifteenth for you. No, but the actual concert. Oh, oh. you're going? Ooh, yeah, I'm going. Go you. Is uh, Arnie, well, Ro- is Arnie England- Roth going to be conducting yours? Because he's pretty awesome. I don't know, but England is a small country, so pretty much regardless of where it was held, unless it's held in like the northern wilds of Scotland, I can probably get to it. Unlike America, where if they only held it like in one place, I'd have to fly cross country, sort of thing. Ugh, I know that. I know there's. I know there's like mul- uh, multiple um, concert locations in America, anyway. But still, multiple locations per state, oftentimes. Really? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, like there's usually like one in San Francisco, and then maybe a few weeks later there's going to be one in San Diego, then one in Los Angeles. Wow, I, I didn't realize the Distant Worlds website is actually using Bandcamp for its song distribution. That's pretty cool. That's on the edge. I don't see many people use that. All right. Oh, let's go on to our next story. And Anna, unmute yourself. Why? Because <laughs> you're not talking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm eating my muffin. Oh, fine. Eat your muffin top. All right. I'm done now. We have some backstory about high wind. So this is a half correction, half um, explanation, I guess. <clears throat> from uh, who is this? Clicks. 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 Like my co-admin on the forums. Yeah. <laughs> Says. On high wind in Final Fantasy, the name originates. Note in Final Fantasy IV. Okay, that's a mis. Okay, the that's name not. originates not in Final Fantasy IV, but in Final Fantasy II. While Final Fantasy II did not feature the signature move jump, the character Ricard Highwind, spelled Richard in Japan, darn five-letter restrictions. Even though they're actually six, so I don't know what he's talking about. Is called by a dragoon. Is called a dragoon by the game's storyline in the GBA version and on a previously nameless boy. He vows to protect his name, Kane. Speaking of which, in Final Fantasy IV DS, it brings us full circle since Kane mentions his previously unnamed father, Richard. The name shows up a third time. In Final Fantasy V, Lena's father is King Alexander Highwind Tycoon. While he is never confirmed as a dragoon, he has dragon themes in his art and he has a wind drake. Sadly, after Sid Highwind, the name stopped being used for characters. Instead, dragoons began receiving unique surnames. Ward Zabak, Freya Crescent, Kamari Ronso, Shikari Z, among other minor characters in Vanadial, and Orba Diafeng. I want a new Highwind. Who the heck is Shikari Z? Uh, it's one of the Mithrin Sin Hunters in Final Fantasy XI. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, Letwin's the only one that can get away with someone having a last name of just one letter. So there is your history of Highwind. Moving on, G-Dog Tuck wrote in and says, Hey, RPG cast, I've got an iPad 2 ordered for myself and an iPad 1 for my wife. We both love RPGs. That's a given, of course, for me. So I was extremely interested in your iPad RPG recommendations. I was wondering if you and the team could discuss your top five iPad-based RPGs that I should look for right away. I remember when you bought Chaos Rings. Is that still a good one, or is it ousted by other titles? P.S. Expect more music soon and a load more when I have Rebirth on the go. So, Manny, so, that's a topic for you and me, apparently. Manny has an iPad? He's got an iPhone. Nope. That's close enough. Yeah. I was going to say. It honestly is. <laughs> There's not much, there isn't much that's released just on the iPad for RPGs. Uh, and oftentimes just bigger. Okay. 
Well, I'm going to say Sword and Sorcery. Start off with that. Sword and Sorcery EP, yeah. And um, Sorcery is spelled with an, a, a W. S-W-O-R-C-E-R-Y. Um, you can wait for the port of Final Fantasy Tactics. You can get yep. Legend, of, Legend of Mana or was it Secret of Mana? Secret of Mana. You can get Secret of Mana. Secret of but Mana. It's, um, it's not a good port. It really yeah. doesn't control very well. There's Final like, Fantasy 3, but that doesn't control well. Uh, do you like Punch-Out? Do I like Punch-Out? Yes! Infinity Blade. Pick up Infinity Blade. That's a fun one. Till you get tired um, of it. Um, I guess Chaos Rings, if you really want to try it out, you've been curious about it. Uh, I haven't played most of the longer like cell phone game ones that have been ported over. Have you tried more of those, like Xenonia and that sort of crap? I wouldn't go back at this point. Really? Oh. It feels like such generation, like the app store just opened. There's like Xenonia 1, 2, and 3. There's Heroes Lore, like in sequels. What else we've got? I've got two things of RPGs here. Dungeon Hunter and Dungeon Hunter 2 if you want a Diablo clone. But pe- keep in mind, Manny despises those because they're from Gameloft who just clones other people's stuff. Um, I, I Honestly, I, I feel I care less about a Diablo clone. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I played I played a bunch of uh, Dungeon Hunter and Dungeon Hunter Two um, in the past week just to try it out to see what Dungeon Hunter Alliance was going to be like and you know it was competent enough you can go around do quests kill stuff get loot and that's all you need in a Diablo style clone so that's, it works you can honestly say that about most game off games it's competent enough yeah I mean I, yeah uh, it's not honestly G Dog have you considered um, going on PSN and downloading a bunch of uh, PS, uh, PS1 Classics and PSP RPGs? For his iPad? No, for his PSP. He's looking for iPad, though. I, like I said, have you considered going on <laughs> PSN? Um, here's one for you called Eustrath HD. E-U-S-T-R-A-T-H-H-D. It's a mecha um, strategy RPG. Um, it pre- came out pretty early when the iPhone iPad had just come out, but um, it's different than most of the other things. There's another one called Ash, and I think that got reviewed well. It's an iPhone game, but that might work. And um, people really did like Chaos Rings. But remember, yeah. everything on Square Enix has a, the Square Enix tax, so you're going to be paying much more for anything Square Enix. Than. That's right. Though Chaos Rings is cheaper now than when it came out, so feel better about yeah, that a little bit. Now it's only 12 or $13 instead of 17 <laughs> I think it's a little better than that. Probably not much. Um, and there's, of course, Battle for Westnoth, but that's, well, that's more of a strategy game. Never mind. I don't know. I just prefer playing Espa, Esp, Espgaluda 2 and uh, Dodonpachi Resurrection. I like my shoot 'em ups on this thing. I like Shaman's comment about Game Loft. It doesn't take much effort to be competent when you hit Control C, Control V, and do enough find to replace the void getting sued. <laughs> you can't just copy and paste. You have to actually develop the engine at some point. You do. You will not believe how much copy and paste goes ooh, on in coding. Ooh, ooh, Dungeon Raid. Pick up Dungeon Raid. Um... That's like a puzzle game with RPG elements. And uh, Michael enjoyed Deep Deep Dungeons, which is uh, kind of a, uh, what do you call that? A roguelike on the, on the iPhone. And that, that, that's good uh, if you like the roguelikes. And I don't know what else. I don't play that many Honestly, RPGs on here. so Sword and Sorcery EP is probably your best shot. Yeah, start with that. That way you can tweet spoilers to your Twitter followers. And be totally pretentious. Oh, Battleheart. Battleheart. Get Battleheart. That's a good one, too. Um, Battleheart, Sword and Sorcery, Dungeon Hunter. You're probably set for a while. Or Dungeon Hunter 2, rather. Battle for Eustroth HD, because that's just very different. 
and Ash. Those are kind of like standout titles. Chaos Rings, if you want to get more Square Enixy. Um, keep in mind that if you buy Chaos Rings on the iPad, it doesn't work on the iPhone as well. You have to buy. They decided to charge separately for each version because they're evil. That's and pretty you, sleazy. You really want to? Oh, there's also Raven Sword, which is a uh, Oblivion style game. <laughs> I don't know that I can recommend it, but it's out there. Nah. <laughs> then there's like a, I said at that point, just get, just pick up the PSP and download some yeah. games. There's also Vagrant uh, Story just came out. If you want to go to kind of the older cell phone games that got ported over, there's Zenonia 1, 2, and 3 and Inotia 1, 2, and 3. And I don't know if there are any further ones beyond that. So you might want to try those. I know Inotia, I think, is the one that's like Zelda. Um, or that might be Zenonia. I can't even keep it straight now. Anyway, those are out there. Check them out. Um, see if they got free versions. I think they all, I think a number of the ones we named have free versions. So give them a try and see if you like it. And maybe just pick one and focus on it. Okay. Let's move on. Uh, get this iPad out of the way. Let's see. Where are we in the show? Ah, it's time. <gasps> and it works for Game Loft? No. What? No. She no, the comment was made in, in the chat room that at least they do their own artwork. And my reply was, no, actually, they hire an external studio. And I know because I do some PR for the external studio. <laughs> oh, Okay. <laughs> hired by GameLoft to qu- to clone your favorite games. <laughs> Is that on their resume when they're looking for more work? <laughs> hey, they do good beat. work at least. Yes, yeah, no, 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 uh, yeah. Like they they actually do work for a lot of people that you wouldn't realize had necessarily like um, contracted out for artwork. Like um, aside from GameLoft, they've also worked for Zynga, EA Mobile, PopCap. Um, I can't remember their whole resume. I think Blizzard at one point they did something for. So, yeah, you'd be surprised what companies um, hire external art studios. Anyways, Fair enough. carrying on. Yes, indeed. I am just, okay, sorry. Got distracted here. You, you don't have cats. They just distract you during podcasts. Just just keep that in mind. All right. So. Kitty! Let's start our news feeds. First off, we've got a remake coming, at least to Japan. So, if you're a hardcore console JRPG fan, which none of us are, the big news of the week is Ore no Shikabane o Koete UK, a PSP role player that combines ancient Japanese setting with unique gameplay f- features it's a remake of a game released for the playstation in 1999 it's translated as press on beyond my corpse and there's some story details here but if you've been looking for ori no shikabane (laughs) man just let quinn pronounce it okay you do you want me you want me to try and pronounce that yes uh ori no shikabane or koete uk see there you go ori no shikabane or koete uk See, he got, does it better. Sorry. Whatever. I have. Well, do remember, I have a piece of paper that says, "Yeah, I can speak Japanese at the, the level of a five-year-old." Officially. Yeah. See. Ore no shikabane. See, is that better? But get the fake accent. No. Probably. Yeah. All right. Uh, who's who's buzzing? Someone's buzzing. Who's buzzing? Ooh. Not it. Is it John? Maybe. I don't know. Hang on. Nope. I'll Commander Shepard and I approve buzzing on this podcast. Oh, it's getting louder. It's getting louder. 
It's getting louder. Oh, it's my phone. No. <laughs> Jeez, man. <laughs> no, that, that didn't do it, actually. I don't know what it is. It's getting louder. It's coming to take us over. Nobody can hear it except me. Sweet. Can the chat room hear it? I, I really can't hear what you're talking about. Oh, it just stopped. Kind of. Oh, but now it's here. No. Ooh, uh, ooh, uh, what? No. Ooh. I don't yeah, know what this is. Yeah, indifference to a number of other people with novelty ringtones, at least my mobile phone just rings. Yeah, it sounds like a scanner. It's kind of weird. Wait, I'm, I'm going to have to totally listen to your cell phone ring later, Quinn. Why? Hmm. I don't know. Haven't you heard mine? The awesome alarm I have for the podcast? It's like 80s porn music. Beautiful. No, we don't. Yeah, you have, you have played that before. <laughs> okay. Well, mystery buzzing aside, we've got more news to cover, so let's get into it. First story, second story, 30th story, 30th story, VanillaWare is coming back, so check this out. Grand Yay! Knight's History, it's a PSP RPG, and uh, it's the first title from them since Muramasa, obviously. Uh, it's a traditional turn-based RPG, which is like the first one VanillaWare has done, and lets you play... Send in the land of Ristia, you play the leader of the Night Corps, you raise their stats to find their appearance and personality, lots of customization, blah, 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 strictly turn-based battles. And the 2D characters will be animated just like in our action games, and we're also challenging ourselves to build a new type of gameplay by fusing online and offline. Most RPGs up till now involve one person or a group of friends playing together, but we're trying to set up this new kind of game, a full-on war that all the users are connected together in. It's a war RPG where not just one player, not just a few players, uh, not just a few people, but all the players are drawn together as they fight. This is from Tomohiko Dekaji, project director at VanillaWare. So Demon Soul sits in the corner crying because no one loves it enough? What does that mean? That's kind of what Demon Souls does. Not I at mean, all. You play a single-player game that has feedback that one or two people many, get many, together. Many yeah, no, people. one or two people get together on your Demon Souls game. Not a bunch of people. Mm. Nobody's reading all those darn things. They get too annoying to read. <laughs> all the messages. You haven't even played Demon Souls. What are you talking about? I have it sitting in my PS3. Oh, Just I realized that I don't have an internet connection here, so there doesn't seem to be much point. Doesn't your PSP have wireless? There is no wireless here. Oh my gosh. How many run times do I have to go over this? Run a cable. Get a hub and run a cable. Yeah, You're done with I it. Need to. Yeah, They're yeah, cheap. Yeah, yeah. A hub is cheap. Oh my gosh. I will. Oh my god. Fine. Rawr. Anyway, <laughs> anyone else excited about a Muramata RPG? Uh, Muramata. A Vanillaware uh, turn based RPG? Because I am. I haven't played stuff. anything from them yet. I oh, probably so should. I played I the living crap out of Muramasa. So. I really liked Miramasa. I, I played a fair amount of uh, uh, Odin Sphere, and while the game got repetitive, I love their art style so much, and I want to see something. I want to see them try a different genre, so that'll be fun to see a traditional Yeah, Odin, Odin Sphere art style did look pretty good. I still kind of regret not picking it up, but I just couldn't afford it at the time. Because mm-hmm. uh, Odin Sphere was one of the ones that did make it to Europe after a while. You don't have a, a PlayStation 2 that can play North American games, do you? No, I don't. I have, a, I have a PlayStation 2 that can play English games and a PlayStation 2 that can play Japanese games, but not American ones. American games are in English, if that helps. 
No. Yeah, okay. I know. Okay. But I've got no actual way of physically. Yes, but he means big E. Oh, big E, big E, not little E. Okay. All right. How about Legend of Heroes Aonokiseki? No. Follows up to last year Legend of Heroes Zero no Koseki. Whatever. The game story takes place a month after the events in Zero no Kiseki. The game will share the same battle system as the previous, but will make updates to the Orbment system. So who's playing Legend of Heroes? Uh, I don't think it's out for us yet. Even Zero no Kiseki? That one might be. Is that, uh, isn't Legend of Heroes the Trails in the Sky series as well? Yeah, that, that's, that's the game I thought you were referring to. Hmm. Well, here's a new one announced for Japan. And I have no idea what Zero no Kiseki is and if that's out here. But uh, this is uh, Felcom's making these, so I didn't know that. Apparently they can make bad games. Oh man, we're <laughs> going to have WordWad all over the forums. Why? He's like a massive Falcom fan. Hmm. Well, yes. What are you going to do? So, I don't know what to say about this game other than I don't know much about Legend of Heroes because I thought most of them sucked, right? So, Trails in the Sky is like the first one that people are like, oh, that's worth playing, right? I think people just like breasts. Oh, okay. That makes sense. I don't know what that has to do with it, but all right. I'm just moving on. So, Tits. <sighs> you know, you have to do that every week even though I don't, you know I don't want you to? <laughs> yes. Huh? Apparently the answer is yes. Apparently she does. All right. I was laughing too hard to unmute myself. Uh-huh. Yeah. Figures. Why don't you play a nice safe? You, you know, your mom wouldn't approve you playing those games. So you get a nice safe RPG like Chrono Trigger. So over there, I don't in, really over like there, Chrono Trigger. There Didn't being Japan, I'm sending you to Heathen. Japan, and you're gonna play Chrono Trigger when it comes out on the Virtual Console in April 2011, and you're gonna mm-hmm. like it. But I didn't really like Chrono Trigger. In fact, I gave it like a three and a half out of five, and I got like a whole bunch of angry emails. Yes. And this was before we were putting things on Index. If I put it on Index, I don't know. I think I would have been completely crucified. Heathen. Why don't you like fun? It's not that good of a game. I'm sorry. Why don't you like fun? (laughs) Yeah. Why don't you like fun? I'm sorry. Oh my this, this is this is going to be like that time I was accused of being anti Joy because I didn't want I didn't like I didn't want to play uh, Dragon Age. <gasps> I still haven't played Dragon Age. <gasps> it no probably is. is. How dare you? How dare you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, uh, all right. So Chrono Trigger is coming out in Japan on the Virtual Console. That means there's a chance it'll come out here on Virtual Console. But don't <laughs> yeah, hold your right. breath. <laughs> Because Nintendo loves us here. Oh, yeah, for sure. They only love you if you're 40-year-old and have kids. What? That's who Nintendo loves nowadays, 40-year-olds who have kids. Oh, I thought they loved grandmas. Okay, grandmas too. Fair enough. But you have to have had Spawn, otherwise they don't care. So So get on that, man. Get make on. them babies, Chris. <laughs> make them babies. <laughs> they don't care. <laughs> Who's been looking forward to Clash of Heroes HD? Because I really have been. And it's coming out April 14th. Me, me, ooh, ooh. I'm like going to take my 360 over to a friend's place to download it. <laughs> Why don't you just get it on your PS3? 
I, okay, I can take my PS3 somewhere and download it. <laughs> Buy a hub. Oh my gosh. <laughs> buy a, go to Shop of the Future and buy a hub. Shop of the Future. You've got to be kidding me. It's what it's called. It's the Shop of the Future. Welcome to the Shop of Tomorrow. <laughs> they have a place. Yeah. It's called Future Shop. It's the Shop of the Future. Or I could go to Staples, which is closer and doesn't and, have and we'll have a markup. Stupid, stupid salespeople. Yeah, well, weird Canadian there'll staples. There'll be a markup there, so good luck. What do you mean Canadian staples? Yeah, weird. like um, like poutine. Canadian staples and double doubles or five by fives. If you really need a shot, a double doubles is a is a in and out thing. No, a double double is two cream, two sugar, and a large coffee. No, it's uh, two patties, two things of cheese, I think. <laughs> but whatever. It is. And I'll try it down. The- Dude, now I'm hungry. I'm going to send it probably on where you go. It probably tastes like a two-by-four. What, what is a t- double-double animal style, Manny? What's the animal okay, style? Okay, uh, that's oh, where that's you that. add... Because you saw um, stuff. Okay, everyone, if you didn't know this, when you're in California, you can order off a secret In-N-Out menu that's not publicized. Except on their website. <laughs> Or anywhere, or Google. <laughs> okay, let's see. Secret menu. Google. Oh, you have to look it up. <laughs> you don't. I know. never get anything secret. I'm. I'm pretty. I'm pretty vanilla. Okay, so an animal style is what? Mustard cooked beef patty with additional pickles, cheese spread, and grilled onions diced up, and mixed together on the grill before being dumped on your burger. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. That sounds. That sounds like a heart attack in a burger. Oh, double double animal style. It's so oh. good. The Flying Dutchman is interesting. It's two beef patties, two slices of cheese, and that's it. No lettuce, no onions, no bun. <laughs> Your food is weird. Are, ooh, sweet. No, only it in and out. So I'm looking at this. Animal pic- style oh. fries, I'm telling you. This oh, this is, is great. Those are good. <gasps> Your food is weird. Animal weird style fries? Deep fried Mars bars. Why? Because oh, we don't boil everything? Because we fry no, it. No, it's because you take everything and dip it in batter and fry it. There is no batter. There is no batter in this double double animal style with animal style. No, fries. no, I'm talking about Not like a single thing that, of batter. What is that? The the beer basted bacon. Fair amount of salt though. Ugh, Wendy's. Who's going to Wendy's? Mm. Sorry, that, that was my fast food snob. Okay, do you there. understand that Wendy's is the second best burger oh, joint no, near no, no, me? No, no, no. Here, so here's sad. the thing. Wendy's in Canada is completely different from Wendy's in the U.S. Wendy's in the U.S. is terrible. Oh, isn't it though? Wendy's in Canada, as long as as long as you find a branch that has good service, is actually seriously good. So, what makes it, what's the difference? What makes it better than the American one? Um, we have different requirements for our food. Hmm. Like <laughs> it um, has to be good. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Uh, No, it's just things like uh, we have – you guys have like the the FDA and that uh, standardizes things like how much salt can be in a burger and crap like that. We have some sort of uh, food regulation where it's like a certain amount of preservatives and a certain amount of salt and a certain amount of like fat and calories. So ours is democratic and yours is communistic Mm -hmm. and that's the difference. Well, no, it's funny. In the United States, the only like real regulations you have is like um, you can only have a certain amount of bugs and animal feces in it. Uh Uh-huh. And that's pretty much it. 
<laughs> yeah, welcome to food prep, guys. I don't know where I don't care where you are in the in the world. You're dealing Who with that no matter where you are. Oh my god, all these yeah, people think Wendy's are we good. Have, uh, I don't know if you guys yeah. have gotten the new Wendy's fries. We have new Wendy's fries. Yeah, I love the new Wendy's fries. The sea they're salt so ones. So much better. Yeah, I, I yeah, do the like them. Ones, yeah. mm, they're a lot softer. So yeah. the bad thing is, is you can't dip them in your your um, Wendy's shake anymore. What is that called again? Uh, Frosty. Thank you. Yeah, you can't. They're not. They're not quite hard enough anymore to dip in the frosty unless you specifically ask for them. So well just done. throw them in the frosty and shake it around and drink the shake and and the fries together and then mm-hmm. die from a heart that attack. Actually, might might work. Yeah. Do you guys have salads at Wendy's? Like, I get the Baja salad here. It's so uh, the salads have the most saturated fat and sugar okay, than anything Anna, else. Everything on the menu. you've described so far is the same as our Wendy's. So okay. I don't know what's different. Mm. Maybe their meat is actual meat. Instead of the weird square patties that <laughs> okay. don't make sense. The, uh, the, the, the chat channel is objecting to my fries dipped in shake. Mm, I'll, I'll eat that. Okay. I will definitely eat that. It's really good. Why does nobody believe me? <laughs> I like Frosties. Frosties make everything better. Except, you know, the funny thing is I live near a college campus, so my in and out they actually, actually, all of the fast food places, they raise the prices by like 2 to $3 here because they can't. Oh, that's evil. What about the pizza places, though? Are the pizza places cheaper near the college campus? They're cheap, but they're not very good. Yeah. Isn't that weird? It's, it's, <laughs> yeah. I, I noticed the same place where I went to college. Like, you know, you're right. The fast food is like costing more, but the pizza was like dirt cheap, but it was also terrible. Like Domino's oh, near, a, so near a campus is totally different than Domino's not near a campus. But Domino's is kind of crap anyway, and it took me a while to realize that $2 pizzas were not worth it. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> but $2 pizzas really appeals to a college student, so, you know. <laughs> People always told me, Pizza Pit, that's the way to go near the campus. And I was like, oh, I don't know, that sounds terrible. Anything named Pit, just not appealing. All right. All right. But if you, uh, one last thing about food is that if you're ever near UCLA, if you want to do the trendy thing that all the first years do... They're all expected to go to Didi Reese Cookies and get a hot dog and some cookies. Why? I don't know. I, I don't think it's very good. But apparently, if you're from out of state, that's what you do when you first go to UCLA. Why would you get a hot dog and cookies? That's a weird combo. Because apparently, Didi Reese is the best. Oh, I know why. Because everything costs a dollar and college kids are broke. Oh, okay. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah, that's the same as the pizza thing. Four and a half stars on Yelp. Wow. And apparently, their red velvet cupcakes are to die for. Yummy, yummy cream cheese frosting. The chocolate frosting on red velvet, not so good. I also got the PB&J cupcake. It was way too sweet. Well, that doesn't exist. This person's a liar. There's no such thing as way too sweet. Oh, and no, nobody has... Please tell me nobody's tried the double down at KFC. Have they? (laughs) Funny story. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no, I I haven't had it. But I I got to go... I don't take you to the hospital now. Yeah, what? actually, that was the funny thing is when originally they put out the double down in the U.S., there was like a whole bunch of articles in Canada about whether KFC Canada was going to carry it. And the official uh, statement was they didn't feel there was enough Canadians that were going to be interested in buying it. There wouldn't be enough Canadians that would survive after eating it. Canadians and about a year later, they released, the they released double it. down here. They released it, yeah. Although I don't think they have it here anymore. I think it was like limited time and then it went away. Because <laughs> nobody wants that crap. It's like the McRibs. Get Except it while you can. in America, apparently. 
So, okay, yep. I don't know what I'm getting for lunch now. Am I going to Wendy's or am I going to KFC? I'm totally confused. Oh, my God. If you you to down, I'm, just I'm, going, I'm going to my local kebab, for a kebab shop for a burger after this podcast. Why would you go to a kebab shop for a burger? You need to know, like, some real good Middle kebab Eastern sh- Kebab shops do really – some of the kebab shops around here do really good burgers. Oh, okay. Because they're good at making ground beef taste good or something? Quite possibly. You don't use ground beef on a kebab, though. Nah, whatever. This is confusing. It's so, lamb. So yeah, Class of Heroes comes out on April fourteenth. Oh, I love Class of Heroes on the PS3 <laughs> and Xbox Live. Can't wait so, to play it. Can't wait. <laughs> and Manny can't wait to play Dungeon Hunter Alliance, and that's coming out Woo! April twelfth on PSN. I think we have a preview of that on their site from new staff member something something. <laughs> I will tell you their name. Their name is Alex Fuller, and wrote a nice little preview of Dungeon Hunter Alliance. And shows some screenshots from the game, which is the first time I've seen screenshots. I don't know if we had them up already, but first time I'm seeing them. It looks like a four-player Diablo-style game, and I can't wait to try it. I want some other people to pick this up and try it with me on the 12th. So who's going to do that? Nobody. Anna, (laughs) go get a hub. Jeez. (laughs) Seriously. April 12th, 2011 on the PSN, and it's $12.99 unless you're PlayStation Plus like I am, and then it's $9.74. Oh, you, aren't you fancy? I am actually. Yeah, I and you know how extra. You know how fancy I am. I'm so fancy. I need a Magicka wizard robe so I can go to storeenvy.com and buy myself a real life Magicka wizard robe bathrobe. I was seriously, seriously tempted until I realized that it was going to be over a hundred dollars for shipping. It's yeah. eighty-five was like, bucks for it's the, a the robe. Bathrobe. Oh my god! You can get it in red, green, or blue, and it's designed uh, just like one of the robe styles in Magicka, the game. And they show a guy wearing it, drinking his juice, and reading the paper. And yes, then great. I could put on my Magicka robe and wizard hat. Well, you don't Thank need it. You, you don't need a hat with this robe. It takes care of the hat part for you. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. I put on my wizard robe and flip it. Anna, up my Anna it's okay. Don't worry about it costing over hundred dollars total once shipping's involved because you will get Magicka limited edition DLC. It becomes it contains a wizard who's now just like you dressed in a very comfortable bathrobe. And uh let's see, you also come with uh the wizard's typical items of choice for morning stroll. Bathrobe with slippers, 20% lighter, 20% faster, 20% less resilient. A morning paper, tightly rolled, pushes back enemies, and a strong cup of coffee restores health and increases movement speed for three seconds. You'll get the codes with your order. Um, I have a question. The coffee the- would be actually really cool. Yeah. I'm looking at the RP Gamer page right now. Is this an April Fool's joke? Because I don't see a link to the actual thing. Oh, I I'll check the next delicious link. I have the actual thing linked. The person okay, that's to... really strange how we would advertise him. I don't okay. know why he didn't link it. Um, oh, this is Roy who wrote that. Yeah, he he just forgot go to and, put a link. Go and, go and bug Roy if he yeah. doesn't do it. No, no, no. It, I was just looking for it. I was con- I thought it was yeah. an April Fool's no, joke. No, it bugged I didn't me too. It. it bugged me too. But I found it and I've yeah, got it in the delicious. Yeah, so. um. I thought yes, you guys were I trying mean, to mess with me. Like, this doesn't really is, exist. No, this is not a joke. So, uh... Yeah, just saying. Playmobil. Yeah. And I just added new, uh, the, uh, I've just added the link to the forum post in the, for the story, so people will be able to find that now. Oh, I love how he's reading the LA Times, how sophisticated. <laughs> no else? daily news for him. <laughs> Should he be reading an iPad? Would that be more 
sensible for a wizard? Oh, remember, these, these guys um, just came back from oh, Vietnam. That's oh, that's right. They just came back from Vietnam. You're right. I forgot. So, you know. Do we have a time frame for Vietnam's release date? I yes, thought I saw that. Yes, hang on. I just got an email about it the other day. Vietnam. So Magica is actually doing that <laughs> Vietnam expansion. I don't know why. <laughs> uh, 12th of April, 499. Sweet. So while we're playing Dungeon Hunter with your hub that I'm you're going to go buy. I'm going to be playing Magica Vietnam. And the cool thing <laughs> about Magica Vietnam is, is not everything? everybody has... No. Not everybody has to have the expansion pack. Only the host needs to have the DLC. Oh, nice. That means I'm buying it, doesn't it? Great. Well, I'm going <laughs> to buy it either way. I okay. just, I'm not capable of hosting. My internet's crap. No kidding. <sighs> no, I want to know. So, does this... And here, oh. here's, the thing, here's the particular thing that I love out of this press release. Magic of Vietnam also contains a new survival challenge map with increased difficulty. This is in direct response to the request of the community for something a little harder. Sweet. There you go. Blink, blink, blink. Well, you're not the one who needed that. This is for people who play four people in a game. Yeah, it's true. And whose internet connections don't drop every time they get to the end boss. <laughs> that was actually a problem with the game. I know. And it wasn't. So. Did they fix it? And it's fi- it's okay, fixed. Good. We can finish so, the now game we- now. Enter <laughs> deep into the Goblin Kong jungle with up to three fellow soldiers in a heroic attempt to liberate prisoners from a POW camp and face off against deadly Vietnam themed enemy. Destroy enemy positions, escape the parallel jungles, return safely to the evacuation hel- helicopter. Yes, you get to shout, get to the chopper. Get to the chopper. Get to the chopper. Sweet. That's get great. To have you guys seen that? Ship. How it should have ended video about the weapons? No. Okay, I'll show you guys later. Okay. <laughs> Shaman says uh, the Taco Bell the, shrimp. The wizard should have a Kindle, so he's a full-on hipster. <laughs> Man, first of all, he doesn't know nothing about hipsters. Grandmas have Kindles. You need oh, an iPad too with the magnetic. Cover. Oh, with the with the smart cover. Yeah, my, uh, leather, of course, blue leather. Ah, my uh, iPad two ships today, actually. So it'll oh, be here. Oh, you fancy? It'll be here on the sixth, apparently. So I need to get my own smart cover. Are you oh. gonna get the red leather? No, apparently I, that's the hotness. I will get the cheap plastic because those things are overpriced as is. I refuse to pay for a leather smart cover that is ridiculously opulent. Um, mm. You know, fact, the funny thing is, mesh, no, no, go right ahead. No, no, you, you first. I was going to read Master Chief's comment. I thought I probably can read that up. Read it on the podcast. Oh, okay. If you're trying to make... Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, not that we haven't done worse already today, Anna. All right, so let's see. Uh, let's, uh, let's. What's the next yeah, story? Yeah, Anna. Ooh, 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 ooh. Check this out. Xenoblade, right? You know who yeah. made Xenoblade? The guys who made Xenogears? Uh, Monolith Soft, <laughs> which is some of those people, yeah. So, yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's like they've got the. I wonder if they've patented Xeno. Can you patent that or trademark it and just take it with Probably you? Probably not. not. Yeah. Man, Xenobiologist. Well, just if, be so if Facebook can get the patent for face or the trademark for face, then maybe. <sighs> Jinks. How did they oh, yeah. They did face. that. I can't believe they did that. All right. What? Facebook owns my face? The, no, just face. Anything with oh. face in it. So yeah, if you made a site called MyFace or YouFace, that probably would be a problem. 
Wow, you successfully uh, accom- completed the noodle summoning spell. <laughs> I actually my did. Face, your I said face. my face, your face, and she shows up in the chat room. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That, cre- was that is totally so creepy. Creepy. That is creepy, Noodle. You shouldn't be able to do that. Hi. <laughs> I don't have anything for you to do. You can go. You can go away. She comes when called. She says. Oh <laughs> now you can go. I release you from your contract. All right. Xenoblade was announced for Europe. So this is this is cool, except that it hasn't been announced for North America. <laughs> so Quinn will be able to play Xenoblade Chronicles. Because apparently Xenoblade isn't good enough for Europe. I don't know why. And uh, uh, yeah, I think Mitsuda's doing the music for this one, right? Uh, is he? I think so. Damn, I need to get on this. I'm gonna check on this. Uh, Xenoblade music. Uh, da 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 da. AndreaSang.com. Iwata doesn't ask about it. Uh, oh, let's see. Wow, they have Yoko Shimomura. Yasunori Mitsuda. Oh, wow. And uh, uh, to the right of them are Manami Kyoto and Chiko Tomori and Kenji Hiramatsu from Ace Plus. Which, let's see, who, who of these are doing music? Is it just those two? Probably just those two. Um, Shimomura and Mitsuda, that's a cool combo. Yeah, it's Kingdom Hearts and Chrono Trigger. Yeah. Pretty sweet. Uh, yeah, I'll have to, I'll have to oh, definitely yeah, have to oh, all of them are all the people I just named are musicians on the game. So that's six people. I don't know who Manami Manami Kyoda or Ace Plus are, but um I'm sure someone will tell us because that'll be cool to hear about. Um I just I want to know, no one can tell me. Alright, well I'll leave I'll leave it to the chat room. Please figure out who those people are. Uh so yeah. Xenoblade, come to Europe. I'm very jealous of Quinn now. Yay, someone's jealous of me. Then again, it could be like another Xenosaga 2, so who knows. Was that Let's the bad one? Not. One of those was bad, right? Gambit's sure it's coming out here, but um, we we don't have a, a an announcement of that, so... We hope it will. We hope it will. We hope it will. <laughs> Shaman says region free on a Wii takes about fifteen minutes and an SD card. Is that is that still true? Didn't they patch the Wii against that? I don't know if that's true. Funitman has his Wii modded to the Gecko OS, so he doesn't even worry about that. Wow. Do you save a lot of money in your car insurance? Why waste time with the English translation and not bring it here? Says Gambit. Well, um, Mother Three, right? No, not Mother Three. Mother One and Two. Didn't they do that in Europe and not here? Or was that just Tingle? That was Tingle for sure. Yeah, Tingle definitely. Yeah, there are games that come out in Europe that don't come out here. Like that sexy Wii game that Peggy got in trouble for. Didn't Earthbound come out on like Virtual Console in Europe and not here or something like that? Or or is it out here now? Maybe. It's probably out here now, so I don't know. Sexy. Oh, that that sexy Wii game. This, that was hilarious. Yeah, was apparently Peggy or... took a lot of heat for that. <laughs> oh my gosh, that was so stupid! Like uh, that that sexy game, but that Nintendo won't allow come out here. But it's okay to come out in Europe, even though like nothing bad's happening. It's just right. it's so insulting that adults can't be free to choose what they want to do in their video game consoles in the U.S. I, really, yeah. 
It really is. You want to host awkward, uncomfortable parties where you I guess. kiss. I'm remotes? never gonna do it. But I I don't like being told that I'm not even allowed to have the the market to have that choice. That seems weird, you know. Because what else are you gonna censor? Okay, for what it's worth, the um advertisement makes it look incredibly naughty, and the game itself apparently is not so um, much, right? Not not so much. Yeah, and, and, and that's to be expected. But it it's just. So offensive that Nintendo is still treating us like five-year-olds and then turns around and wants the adult market. It's like, well, screw you, Nintendo. You can't have it both ways. Uh, Pixar, I, adult I can't market. remember if it was Nintendo that said no or Ubisoft just didn't want to release it here because they didn't think it would sell well. Apple's the same way, too. They want that Pixar adult market. The, you well, know, well, everybody in the U.S. a few jokes for you. Well, you know what it is. Not. The industry in the U.S. is terrified of government regulation, and they don't want to do anything that's going to trigger it. Except then they release bullet storms. So I don't know what. I really don't understand it. But <laughs> it's like the big pub- publishers, at least. No, but the bullet storm is EA, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I think bullet storm is EA. So yeah. I don't know what's going on. It's like as long as it's violence, the publishers here are willing to stand behind it. But if it gets into anything more adult themed than violence, it's like no, that's verboten. Like Bruce Campbell always says, in this country, you can cut off a breast, you just can't kiss it. It's Boy. true. It's true. It's so weird. What, did he seriously say that? Yeah, he did. It's very clever. It's, it's okay. very succinct. It, and it's quite seems to be quite accurate. So. Yeah, it does seem to be that's... quite accurate. Interesting. Ah, uh, whatever. Because <sighs> honestly, I'm kind of sick of the violence. So I'm kind of hoping that if you guys get the ability to have like something deeper and more meaningful. Well, okay, so this game isn't deeper, more meaningful, is it? No. This is. Yeah, I think I, I think that I think you're deluding yourself on that one. I am deluding myself on that one. So, oh well, whatever. <laughs> Screw it. Xenoblade. I still want it. I'm gonna come stab you and steal your copy. All right. Xenoblade is for. The DS, though, isn't it? No, it's the no, Wii. Wii. Oh. The Wii is region locked. The DS isn't. Right. Remember, that was the whole, you stick an SD card in and you're yeah, good? Yeah, and I don't understand how that works. That has to have been patched by now. What does the chat room say? Uh, they don't say. Okay. Whatever. Oh, anybody know about this next story? Because I don't know anything about it. Oh, what is the story about? Oh, this is, we actually talked about it already. That's why. All right. I just yeah. covered it from a different site. I'm sorry. I was tried to filter that out earlier, and I couldn't find it. And here it is. We got, uh, we got a nice story about that Grand Knight's <laughs> history, the turn-based RPG from Vanilla's, from Vanilla's Wear, with, like, actual screenshots on our page. So come watch the story on our site, and you'll see, like, an awesome, awesome Vanilla Wear dragon and your party members all looking at each other and fighting. This thing looks beautiful. This is on PSP? this i just wish they could make games on consoles more but oh well oh here's one for anna you know that new uh that new bounce, department bounce, heaven game bounce, 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 bounce. called gloria union another tactical rpg for the psp and it's a successor to igdra union and blaze blaze union what's blaze union anna what's blaze union i don't think we got blaze union did we i don't know apparently not May 27th of 2010. It's a prequel to Yggdra Union. I didn't know they did that. Poor Anna. She didn't get a game. We probably won't get this one either. Uh, let's see. Um, so, Gloria Union. Sequel to Yggdra Union. Uh, 
and Blaze Union because that's a prequel. So it tells the story of a band of pirates who are searching for the kingdom of Euphoria. Oh, here we go. Here's more stuff that's not allowed in the U.S. For a crystal filled with the power of, quote, will. Um, I'm assuming they're referring to William Riker because that's the only will I know who has lots of power. Only two characters who have been revealed so far, the sword-wielding pirate Ishudo and his cat friend Pinga. The game will be released in Japan on June 23rd, 2011. And of course, no word of a Western release like every other fun, interesting, quirky Japanese game that we want here and no one will give us. So um, I think our, our next order of business is to ask Quinn, how do we go about learning Japanese so we can actually play half the games we talked about today? Uh, I kind of probably went about it rather badly. Um, oh, really? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, because I, I kind of, um, I was kind of, a friend of mine um, picked up on it. This is the same friend of mine who passed JLPT level one, the top level last year, Ooh, nice. like seven, eight years ago. Um, I just kind of leached off him for for a while. And then um, when I got the opportunity to move, to, to go out there on that um, visit, exchange program whatever you want to call it um in 2005 i kind of had a crash course in basic japanese so i wouldn't be completely and utterly lost um when you know when i arrived and it's like the, the first thing we do after leaving the the three-day or you know, two-day orientation session is tokyo you know the first thing we do get get off the bullet train in sendai and and go go uh go with my host family to a restaurant and i'm like crap i can't remember any japanese at all <laughs> um, but thankfully, I actually originally I moved in with a family where uh, my host mother actually did speak English a bit because her son had gone on a year long exchange to America and had picked up the language quite well. But you realize you couldn't remember Japanese till you got there. Well, no, I, I mean, what it was is I couldn't remember like I couldn't remember how to hold, how to hold a conversation properly. Oh, right, sort of thing. Yeah, like I forgot all of my conversational Japanese, like. And I just turned into an idiot, and I just sat down and ate my food instead. Um, but um, I, I think you know, I, I, I used the, the, this kind of like the learning program that the, the exchange students were put on. Um, I bought myself a Japanese PlayStation Two while I was there. I bought games myself. When I returned from Japan, I went. I um, attended evening classes to keep my knowledge up. Um, when I came to university, I took uh, uh, additional Japanese classes there. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much... And I took the JLPT exam last year and passed the lowest level. So it's taken me, you know, like five, six years just to say officially that I can speak Japanese at a ridiculously basic level. Man, don't you guys listen to the giant bomb cast? I could have told you right now how to learn Japanese. New Rosetta Stone 2. Mm, I, I've never actually, I've never used any um, software outside of just you know like playing games. I just made that joke for... because um, Giant Bombcast had like a big review of Rosetta Stone in the middle of their video game podcast. <laughs> if you remember, Chris, we were talking about that. That's right. It made me want to go buy Rosetta Stone. It worked well as an ad, actually. And they have like teachers too. The teachers come out, and they talk to you, and give you live that lessons. Is so weird. Like you actually have a live test over like Skype or something with a teacher. More power to them, I guess. Well, that's the way you want to do it. Uh, evening classes, I, I assume, would be a lot better. Having yeah, somebody I, I, actually I, I, talk I went, with. Yeah, I went to a local um, uh, local college. Went back when I was living down in Cornwall, um, who had a, a Japanese national teaching the Japanese classes, and she was really good. 
Um, so I have my yeah, doubts about honest, finding that in Madison. To be brutally honest, it's um, it's quite. Uh, I say it's a tricky language to learn. Um, it's something very difficult to get your head around. But it, to be brutally honest, it kind of um, how you actually go about learning the language the best way, and this applies to a quite a number of languages, is um, like down to kind of individual learning styles and stuff. So, hmm. you know, how do you best? How do you, basically how do you best learn things? Sort of thing. Yes. And uh, if you have an iPhone or an iPad. There's like a bazillion uh, language programs that don't cost much at all that you can start at least learning your katakana and stuff with. Um, yeah, start start with hiragana and katakana, then move on to simple kanji once you've got that down. Basically. Yeah. Yep. Cool. So, so have you like guys a, heard about these new zojirushi thermoses? No, I don't know what that means. Oh. What's a zojirushi thermos, Quinn? I have no idea. Not heard of it. All right. Hmm. So, what you guys been playing? <laughs> uh, hold on, I gotta I need to tell this person. What's it called? Human Japanese. We, we didn't do any other reviews yet. Oh, oh, that's right. Before we move on to what we've been playing, we had three reviews this week. Strawberry Eggs reviewed Fantasy Star Zero for us finally after about a year and a half. Overall, three no, and a half no, no, out of five. No, 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 six months. No, it's it was like longer than months. that, I believe. Uh, much longer than that, actually. Go check your release date. <laughs> okay, Fantasy Star Zero page. Do 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 do. Fantasy Star Zero. Oh, yeah. Fine. Yeah. Three and a half out of five. Surprisingly engaging single player mode. Online mode works smoothly. Plays mostly like PSO on a handheld. What more could you want? Minuses are console version shortcuts are gone. Limited character creation options, and you cannot save mid dungeon progress. You know those minuses don't sound too bad if you just want some PSO on the go. And it has internet, like internet, internet. So like, internet, internet, internet. Like what people wanted on Fantasy Star Portable. Though I hear PSP2, Fantasy Star Portable 2 has that as well. And I need someone to tell me, Fantasy Star Portable 2 versus Fantasy Star Zero on the DS, which is better? That's the You wait for Fantasy Star know. Portable on the NGP. Oh, I like that. Hmm. Interesting. Or pick up Fancy Star Zero cheap, and it won't matter. You play with some people who are all, like, level a billion, and you're not. But whatever. Okamiden. Finally got a review up of it. What? All right. Yeah, Okamiden. No, 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 no. We didn't get a review up We got two you reviews two from it for the price with of the one. same score. So, for different reasons. <laughs> Jimison and, and same overall Mike score. Menke and Adrian Nanauden gave it three and a half out of five. So uh, for Adrian. those of you who don't play the real name game, that would be Omega Byte and Jimison. Yeah, I'm trying to get away from that. All right. So Adrian gave it a three and a half five out of five. Said great boss battles, fantastic visuals and soundtrack, absolutely adorable. Mike said painting mechanics remain engaging throughout. It's amusing, fun to watch the plot, and welcomed a variety of local of locations and situations. However, Adrian said it had problems with fidgety camera. It was too easy and it had recycled boss fights at the end of the game. Mike said the combat's downplayed, justifiably so. So I guess that means the combat isn't very good. And he said the final area is a letdown. So both of them agree that the end of the game kind of has some issues. But it looks beautiful, and you're painting and all that stuff. So it's still Kami. Um, yeah, I, 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 I think I really need to dig out a copy of both Okami Den and the original Okami at this point. You actually own Okami Den? 
No, I don't. I said oh. I need. To, you you know, said I need dig it out find... like you owned it, and it was. Oh in no, your sorry. Stash. No, I need to actually go and you know find a copy. Oh, of it, okay, okay. Buy it. And yeah. Cherish it. So. Cherish it. So, and then wait for the replacement art cover to get rid of the the IGN watermark that's on the front or something. Snicker, snicker, <laughs> snicker, snicker. <laughs> I just want. No, I just wonder. I wonder if that's the you case know, in Europe. Actually, I didn't even buy the Wii version, but I put in for that cover to see if they'd send it to me, and they did. So I have this nice Okami print for the, the new cover art. So. I don't know what I'll do with it. But. I say, I'm, not sure that, I'm not sure if that yeah. was the case in Europe. So, Yeah, probably not, but that, that was so awesome. Um, <laughs> okay, Quinn, why don't you tell us about your experiences with Mass Effect 2? Well, so as people may be aware, um, Mass Effect, um, Bioware recently released um, the Arrival DLC. Oh, before you start, is this going to be, I'm almost done with Mass Effect 2 and my first playthrough. Is there anything I should take my headphones off? Uh, no, because I'm, I'm not going to I'm not going to really spoil anything that you probably didn't already know. So, well, <laughs> Does that make you feel confident, yet. Manny? <laughs> well, I mean, because you can do the arrival during Mass Effect Two. You do you don't. It's not like it's not a DLC. It's like the um, the Shadow Broker DLC. Oh, do all not, right. You cool. don't need to have finished the game in order to access it. Yeah, I just finished the Shadow Broker. Man, that's think... like the best piece of content in that game. Yeah, yeah. I think that that's actually um, one of the. Uh, well, I think it's cheaper anyway, but I think really one of the problems with the arrival is people were prob- probably expecting another like Shadow Broker, and it's it's not quite as good. Mm. Um, but I think the arrival is cheaper, and it does it does provide a useful um, like plot bridge into Mass Effect Three, or you know the the probable of sequence of events in Mass Effect Three. Uh, I don't really want to go into like the nitty gritty of of everything that happens because that really is spoilerific. But um, they do successfully. I, have... um, I was going to say that they do successfully manage to do something in universe, like in the universe setting that hasn't been done yet, and it's quite spectacular when it happens. So I have heard a complaint that uh, what little story there is there could have maybe easily been told in a cutscene or like a recap cutscene in Mass Effect Three. Yeah, I th- I th- I th- I think I can see the point on that one, um, but I think some people would have said, "Hey, if this was actually really significant, I would have at least liked to have done it in Mass Effect Two, sort of thing." Mm-hmm. So you like, think it's fine. good then? Because I heard complaints that it was bad and short and kind of pointless. It it sh- it sh- it didn't take me long to complete. I mean, hell, it even has a um, once you actually get to a certain point, it actually has a real time limit that's very generous, and I mean really generous. Oh, um, but. It's like, um, I can understand why people don't like it. I like it because I say I'm quite a big fan of Mass Effect in general, and I have a tolerance for, you know, I didn't... I I think it was worth the small quantity of money that I paid for it, basically. I mean, okay, yeah, you're right. It could have been included as a cutscene in Mass Effect 3, but I think some people would turn around and say, I wanted to be a part of that, and say, you know, I wanted to play through it. I think the other... I think the other problem is is you do have to do the entire mission solo. You have no party members. Oh, that's weird. It's an enforced solo mission. You get a party member briefly for one in one section of one of the missions. But yeah, I'm still waiting for like the combo pack where I can get all my DLC for cheap because I have none of the DLC for that game. So this is like two to three hours, like the yeah, I'd say I'd say two hours. I think it really depends. I think it really depends on how quickly you you move through and. Um, how many times you die? Because I, I I loaded it up on my um, current hard playthrough and I died a few times. So. 
Do you get any rewards or anything like that? Uh, actually, I've, I, if you do, I haven't really noticed. Although um, the one thing I did notice was one of the significant plot NPCs, um, specifically the guy who gives you the mission. You you meet him in Admiral person. something something right? Admiral Hackett has go. a has a has a really well defined and extremely detailed character model that's well in advance most of the other character models in the game. It seems like you put him next to um, like my. Commander Shepard, female Commander Shepard, and his face is so much well more um, like defined. It's like almost like they would like trialing um, like Mass Effect three era character models. Yeah, so he's definitely going to be a big play a big role in three. Yeah, I was like, you know, this 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 is kind of like if you've got your graphics set up, this is what your character models will look like in Mass Effect three sort of thing. It may just be because he's really wrinkly and it shows. But. <laughs> did they maybe use the assets they developed for the PS two version or PS three version? Yeah. It's possible they did, yeah. I wouldn't rule that out. Yeah, because the PS3 one is already running on uh, the engine for Mass Effect 3, right? Yeah. So, I haven't, because I haven't actually seen the PS3 one in action yet, so, as I play on the PC. And I think I can probably squeeze enough performance out of it to get close to that sort of level anyway. So, Quinn, you've played all of the DLC, right? Uh, I have not played a couple of them. Um... I don't have uh oh what's the name of uh, I don't have I no I have I have Kasumi I bought her at the same Overlord? time no, um yeah Overlord's the one I don't have ah oh, okay I was gonna ask you how does it compare to the other DLC um uh, Shadow Broker is definitely the superior one you I think <laughs> you definitely are getting your money that you know you're getting your money's worth on that one it's really good DLC and very much worth playing particularly if you like Mass Effect a lot uh, this one I say buy it. Um, if you are a really big fan of the series and the setting, um, but if you feel if you're one of those people that feel as though the events portrayed would be better told in a Mass Effect three cutscene, then leave it to that, I guess. Yeah, I was I was I was hoping you would play Overlord because I bought Overlord and uh, I was very disappointed. I just felt like how was this? This could have easily been just another side mission in the game. There was nothing radically different here or unique that I had to go play, as opposed to hmm. like Shadow Broker, which I thought was. Like, so far up to where I am right now is probably, like, the best piece of content in that whole game. Like, that mission feels like a real – it feels like a real cohesive – Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, I agree with that. Mm-hmm. I mean, all, the, all of the missions contained in the arrival kind of, like, fill, like um, flow from one to the next, similar to how Shadow Broker does it. Mm-hmm. Um, so – but, as I say, all of them you do as a, as a solo effort. So – um, there's no um, like, there's no further dialogue or interact or significant interaction with any of your party members, for example. Which yeah, some people probably won't might, probably won't like, particularly big fans of like the other characters. So, but it did, um, you know, if you're a big fan of Commander Shepard and Commander Shepard kicking ass, then yeah, you might get some fun out of it. So you're Commander Quinn, and you approve of this DLC. And this is your favorite s- DLC on the Xbox? No, because it's my because uh, Shadow Broker is my favorite DLC on the PC. <laughs> I'm Commander Quinn. This is not my favorite DLC for this. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, there's some a couple of the points in the chat room actually about um, Bioware's recent statements about hey, we want the um, like the Call of Duty audience. I'm like, guys, I don't want Mass Effect Three if you're designing it to, for Call of Duty players. I want Mass Effect 3 if you're designing it for Mass Effect players. Just, just, ah, my brain. Anyways, 
I'm done. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Hmm. Sorry, I'm... I'll go next. Trying to decide if I should buy a music track in FLAC, ALAC, AAC, or MP3 320K. For what? Uh, Final Fantasy XIV Medley, Twilight Over Thin Aniline, Beneath Bloody Batters by the Distant Worlds. Okay. While you decide, I'm going to go run to the bathroom. (laughs) Oh, you should have just gone next. (laughs) Oh... Yeah, Flack is the best. Well, so is ALAC. They're both lossless. They can't, two losslesses can't make a right. All right. So who's next on our list of people who've done stuff this week? Where's the list? I lost my list. Where's my list? Dead air. And you guys aren't jumping in at all. No one has passion for this anymore. Passion. (laughs) Where's the passion? (sighs) Anna. You did something. Why don't week. you go, Chris? Oh, okay. Well, uh, first off, I've got Ghost Shadow Recon for the 3DS because the 3DS came out. Yay! Uh, no pilot wings. No pilot wings. I don't like pilot wings. I tried what? it. At, I I don't uh, like it. I tried it at GameStop. It's really boring, and I don't like it. Just, you know, you're just with, flying through rings. It makes no sense. The problem with pilot wings. Yeah, is that's that. what the pilot wings is about. Yeah, I don't like it. Yeah, but the uh, funny thing is that that game would have much been better served if it was a downloadable title because there's not much content there that warrants a $40 purchase. And yeah. from what I understand, it's like he could beat it in like a day of like dedicated play. That's true of a lot of DS games in general, though. I suppose. Um, so here's the 3DS for people in the chat room. What colors did you get? I, I got the blue. Watch. Okay, cool. Uh, it's not too girly for you? I heard no. that's the girl color. No, it's not. A lot of guys are getting the blue, actually. So I got the blue one, and it's shiny and blue and stuff, whatever. Um, it's fine. I didn't. I was worried the color would grind on my eyes, but so far it has not. Um, mm-hmm. Top screen is beautiful. Bottom screen looks like a DSi screen, so figure that one out. And uh, I've been adding friend codes all week and playing a little bit of Street Fighter 4. And uh, then uh, last night I picked up Shadow, uh, Ghost Recon Shadow Wars because people are telling me it might be a tactical RPG. And it wasn't really advertised as such, so it was time to figure out, is this game a tactical RPG or not? Uh-huh. So it is, uh, it is, it's weird. So the battle system is definitely like a tactical RPG. You've got characters, they've got equipment, they've got restrictions on, on their range and all that. Everyone's armed with guns, so nobody's got a sword, because this is set in the modern world. People don't fight with swords. So you're walking around the map, and you, you move your characters, you point them, uh, you tell them what to attack, and uh, you depending on where you end your turn, you might be in cover, you might be out in the open, you have to consider where, you, where your characters have been put and all that. So, you know, that's the tactical strategy part, just like any other tactical RPG. You know, move, attack, worry about whether or not you're going to get killed by the enemy, um, and, you know, all that sort of stuff that you worry about in a tactical RPG. Unfortunately, you have a very limited inventory. So your character, you don't just go buy guns at a shop. Your character has a couple weapons that they start out with, and uh, if you uh, level them up enough, they'll get access to another weapon. Uh, and it's actually just an upgraded version of a weapon they have. So how you level up is uh, if you uh, complete all the objectives on the map. So far, I'm pretty early on. So there's one main objective and one uh, secondary objective. If I complete both of them, I get two stars. And those stars are basically experience points. And I can assign them to a character to make them stronger. Um, their level up is on a set linear path. So I can just choose to make... Uh, it's basically you put points in this character and that character gets stronger. Um, so, uh, if, uh, right now where I am in, 
in the game. It's uh, the first two points in a character increases their health. The third point upgrades one of their weapons. I'm sure as I get further on, more stuff unlocks as I put more and more points into my characters. Um, but I don't actually know because I haven't gotten there yet. Uh, so it's a very linear character advancement, but you get to choose who to advance, and uh, you get to choose whether or not you're going to do all the objectives to get those points to do that. Um, though, you know, so far most of the objectives are not really out of the way. So, uh, But other than that, the, the battling's just like it is in a tactical RPG. Uh, the music's okay. The the graphics are 3D, um, but the, they look like PSP graphics. Um, I'm actually rather reminded of uh, Metal Gear Solid Acid on the PSP. Uh, as far as uh, the tactical style. Uh, of course, that was more of a card game um, that decided what rules you, could, uh, what moves you could do in a turn. So it's kind of a tactical RPG, but it's it, it doesn't have a very deep experience system. It doesn't have a lot of experience points, and it doesn't have an inventory system. So um, if you don't, if you need an inventory system to consider something an RPG, then it's just a tactical strategy game. If you need, uh, so it really depends where your definitions are. Um, so far, the game is not wowing me. Um, the The level-up system actually feels more like Valkyria Chronicles than anything else, where you just get points and you sign them at the end of a mission. Um, but uh, I'd rather play Valkyria Chronicles so far. So not highly recommended for me at this point. Maybe it'll get better as I keep playing it. Um, at this point, definitely not worth $40 or whatever the hell the cost was. Uh, Does the 3D sure. effect add anything to the game? Oh, you know what? I I was forcing myself to play with it on, and I found myself kind of enjoying it by the end of it. It's like, oh, this is a different way to experience a game. So this is kind of neat. And it wasn't hurting me or anything to leave it on. So, you know, it adds some depth, and it's just like I'm looking like into this little box of uh, future technology sort of thing by the end of the night. It's just like this is just a different style of display to have is what it felt like. So kind of cool. Street Fighter Four I can more recommend because um, it's – it's a known quantity of a good solid fighting game and it has this cool mode that puts you over the shoulder and it truly really enhances the uh the 3d effect when you do it um and uh so you have uh let's see when you're doing that yeah it, it kind of it's really disconcerting at first when you're fighting over the shoulder because you're kind of behind your character and you're kicking forward at the enemy but not really because it's angled so but it's it's kind of weird, but it was kind of cool to play that. And Street Fighter Four is really neat because for people like me who suck at fighting games, all the moves are shortcutted on the touchscreen, and I can actually choose which moves get shortcutted on the touchscreen. So I can do all the hard ultras and combos and encounters and, and stuff by just pressing a button, and I felt so powerful. And so I could play on easy, and I felt like I was actually not sucking. So that was very fun. So... That is uh that's that's Street Fighter Four really and it has online and the online works and all that stuff so go try it out um and I don't know I'm making me's and trading that with people and sharing friend codes so if you have a friend code share it with us on our forums in the miscellaneous gaming section we got a thread for it and uh, share your friend codes there Have you done any Street Pass stuff yet? Um, I'm getting tons of Street Pass downloads just but they're all tips like. Nintendo is basically using the Street Pass system to randomly give you more manual input. So, or excuse me, it's like uh, here's what you can do. Here's something else you didn't know about your system yet. Like, uh, let's see, what's the most recent one I got? So uh, just picking up pedometer. Old here's spots. how to use your system as a pedometer, and it's like every day you log in, it gives you a little bit more. 
right? So you haven't found any other players while walking down the street? Oh, wait, I take that back. Those are all spot pass. So spot pass is what you get over the internet. Street pass, I guess, is what you get from people. I have not found a single person. Oh, it's too bad because I thought that was like half the fun of the Street Fighter one is trading. Yeah, but it's the U.S. and I'm in Madison. Good luck for me finding somebody (laughs) else with one of these. Yeah, but at least the good thing is you don't have to keep the game in there all the time. Yes, that is nice. But Ew, wow, that's so funny. I was just thinking to myself, oh, I'm, I should put Street Fighter back in this and take it to work tomorrow just in case. But you're right, I don't need to at all. I totally forgot. What I need is like a charging cradle at work because the damn battery... Yeah, how's the battery life, life treating you? Uh, last night, it lasted like less than three hours while playing Ghost Recon, so... Mm-hmm. I hear it takes like three hours to charge too, right? Uh, it It didn't take three hours to get back to a full battery icon. I mean, it took mm-hmm. like an hour or two. It did take That's that not long. Bad. But I don't know if that meant it was full. So it might, it might be more battery capacity than it's saying. Because it was still, the charging light was still on. I just had to pick it up. I'm like, oh, it's at three. So it wasn't at the low battery light anymore. So, oh, uh, I don't know. So <laughs> must must be one of those things where you get to 70% pretty quickly and then it takes longer to finish off which is actually kind of normal for battery charging because battery chargers slope off at the end to help keep your battery from getting damaged. Um, so, enough technical details. I've, 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 uh, I haven't played with the alternate reality games here, but I played with them in a GameStop demo and it's like, you know, I got my fill of that, so I haven't bothered to play with it since um, I should do that eventually because you unlock stuff. But uh, or nor have I tried Face Raiders because I have no one around. To, face Raiders is a game that's more fun to play with people, like putting your face on the stuff and shooting them. You need more people around, and nobody else is around to play. So uh, there was a firmware update that's exciting, and I made a me, and I'm waiting for people to send their me's over to me, and I don't know how that works. It seems like you have to trade them via Street Pass, and that's stupid because we're in the U.S. and that doesn't work. I've taken some 3D photos of my cat. And I found out that it's better when you take 3D photos of stuff that's further away, is what it seems like. So, And, uh, oh, they gave me an OK Go video that's in 3D. <laughs> when you do the first firmware update, you get an OK Go video, which is kind of weird. <laughs> so was it worth it to be an early adopter? Uh, not so far. <laughs> but hmm. I did it just so somebody would have it. Um, I don't know. The, uh, you know, the system's young. It'll get more stuff. But. Yeah, I bet you're looking forward to E3. Probably a lot of new stuff products will be there. Yeah, I probably should make sure to bring it so that they do any of those download demos like they like to do when they have a new system that uh, we have someone who has a system that can play with it. Who knows? You can have like uh, Miyamoto's and me as you pass them in the street. Yes. There's oh. a picture of my cat's Nooly, noodle. There, she wanted to see my cat, so there we go. Uh, and uh, I haven't tried playing a regular DS game on it because it's so shiny and new. I've just been using my DSi for that. But I should. they look really bad because of the screen resolution. That was the other thing. I the screens are smaller when you're playing. Like the actual size of the pixels you get when you're playing is smaller when you're playing a regular DS game. And the battery life thing, though, I hear the battery life's better for a regular DS game than a 3DS game, like a lot better. But it's been like, well, why should I bother? I can just play Pokemon on my DSi, and that's what I've been doing. So, I don't know. Oh, and apparently I should send my DS in for 50 bucks and get my L button fixed. Or you can send it to Amazon and get 50 bucks to get rid of it. 
can you send a broken one in? Are they okay? Oh, I don't know. Because <laughs> my L Sega button doesn't work. Shipping. So that's my 3DS story. I'm sorry it's not more exciting yet, but I hope uh, you got. You know, I don't know how many impressions of Ghost Recon Shadow War there are out there. Um, it seemed like it was getting lots of <laughs> eight out of tens and um, seven out of tens. So I figured, well, it's good enough. I may as well give it a shot if it's a tactical RPG. I think we can confirm talked about it a little bit. Oh, okay. Cool. So, yeah, so far, though, I mean, you're better off playing any other tactical RPG. I mean, it is so far, it feels like one, and so if you really want something on your DS that's more in the RPG style, there's your game, but it's just not, it's just not top-end yet, so. And the story's kind of crap. It's like, oh, Russian... It's like, po- it's, no, it's like Russian politics. Oh, I'm going to maneuver this country into manipulating my political goals. It's like they want to be Metal Gear, but they can't write as good as Metal Gear, which I know that's, that's a weird thing to say, but <laughs> Metal Gear is so screwed up, yet it's more interesting than the writing that they've come up with here, right? But do you understand what I mean? Yep, I hear you. Yeah. <laughs> I need scissors. Yes. 61. Why do you need scissors, Anna? You should tell us why you need scissors this week. I need scissors because I need to trim my my embroidery thread as I finish my stitching. So I haven't been playing much games in the last couple weeks because I've joined a big charity project. So uh, we have the cheesy name, the Patchwork Pokemon Jam, which is incredibly cheesy. (laughs) But um, there's... uh, I guess 17 of us at this point, so a dozen girls and five guys, and we are all doing Generation 1 Pokemon on a 5-inch by 5-inch patch, and uh, when they're all done, we're going to put it together in a quilt and auction it off for charity. That's pretty cool. Yep. So I'm uh, Red Cross, probably Red Cross Japan. Cool. So... It'll be towards the Japanese relief effort. So I'm actually done my first patch. That's so my first smuggly. patch. Yes. Although it's generation one, so there's no smug leaf. Boo. It's just generation one. Boo. <gasps> so I'm done my first patch. It was uh Doug Trio and Diglett together. And I'm working on my second patch, which is mm. Ekans and Arbok. I will have to put up pictures of them. They're very cute. So it's like 70 by 70 stitches. So we have until August to make as many patches as the lot of us can. And then we're going to decide if we're going to put them all together. If we have enough, we're going to put them all together and make like a lap quilt. And if we don't have enough, we're going to sell off the individual squares and people can buy them and frame them. Ah, cool. Um, do you have a goal that you're trying to, what's the goal you're trying to meet? All 150? Got to quilt them all. 151. Got to quilt them all. No, we, don't, we we don't have a monetary goal in mind. So oh, that's nice. So anything you can help with? Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll auction off the quilt. Uh, I don't know. I don't think anybody's expecting to get more than about a thousand dollars for it. But you know, it's still we'll get a lot. 300. You know, we might ask people to like sponsor individual squares or something, and we can add their initials to it or something. Shaman feels bad for whoever drew muck duty. So, if Anna, if anyone on the audience wants to get a hold of you and bid and do all that stuff, how do they do that? Uh, well, we have uh, the official blog. Hang on, let me just make sure that I get this uh, this URL correct. So it's patchworkgym.wordpress.com. 
So that is the blog that has uh, more information and our uh, the the um, who is stitching and uh, like a, a patch a list of all the patches that we're doing. Um, there is a whole bunch of uh, pictures of our works in progress, so you can see how we do. It's interesting to see because. Um, some people basically work from the middle of pattern and go outwards. Some people do an item in the pattern and go from there. I basically go from like the top left corner to the bottom right corner. So I have like this work in progress. It's all grass. <laughs> and you can see the edges of where the, the dug trail and the diglet are going to be. Nice. Yep. Other people have like all of the yellow for where their Meowth and Persian are. Uh-huh. So... It's interesting to see the different ways that people do cross-stitching. So, yeah, that's what I've been doing. No gaming, just cross-stitching. That's a nice Charizard patch there. Isn't that really nice? Yeah. Yeah, that's the first one that was completed. Oh, you have people from all over the world doing this. Yeah, so um, I think five in the UK and... Three or four in Canada, and the rest. Oh no, wait. Uh, a list is in Ireland, and then the rest are in the U.S. I have one Australian. Crafty's Australian. Yeah, Crafty Master has been doing a lot of our patterns for us. So, thank you, Crafty Master. <laughs> you Crafty Master, you. Yeah, right. and thanks, uh, Fay Ren. Fay Ren has been like the leader of the project. So. Better get Thank on you. that, though, before people start forgetting about Japan, though. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. We will. Don't worry. Like I said, <laughs> they our... have a short memory, don't they? Yeah. Katie yeah. who? We're uh-huh. going gonna to work until August just because, I mean, we're trying to do like 100 patches. So at that point, we will decide what we want to do, quilt their individual squares. And I'm sure I'll be pimping it out again at that point. <laughs> Sweet. Playforjapan.org has a autograph box from Ace Attorney Investigations' Miles Edgeworth, signed by Motohide Eshiro, the game's producer. Ooh, I was I was following the Sega Watch on eBay for that big crazy thing, but yeah. you know, over a hundred dollars, and I just couldn't justify spending a hundred bucks on a watch. You know, I heard Weekend Confirm got like a over two thousand dollars. I thought it was fifteen hundred. Okay, yeah, whatever. but the second place winner, the second place bidder, offered to match it. What does that mean? He'll match the winning bid. So he oh, can come on the show. Too. Even though he won't be on? I think he might be still be on just because he's willing to pay the exact Are they going to let him actually be on the show now or are they still sticking him in the booth? I don't know, but that's an, like. Because that's 3, just lame. Let him be show. on the damn show if they want to be. <laughs> if I had See? a podcast I auctioned off for two grand, you could be on the damn show. <laughs> I don't care what you talk about. All right. So. Okay, cat, leave me alone. All right, so my cat's telling me it's time to move on, and I think uh, we covered everybody. No, Manny, you did something awesome this week. Yeah, I went to a special event just like you this week, except mine was in Hollywood, California. Actually, not too far from It's like about two blocks away from our E3 headquarters. Sweet. So I actually went to an... Insomniac Community Day, hosted by Insomniac Games and Sony, where they uh, showed off some stuff for. Well, basically, they had it was a full day of conferences about Insomniac Games' history, some retrospectives on 
Resistance 3, uh, the Ratchet and Clank series, they showed off some new gameplay demos of Resistance uh, Resistance 3, multiplayer and single player. They showed off some uh, Ratchet and Clank All for One, which is the new four-player co-op Ratchet and Clank game coming out. And they uh, basically, it was basically a chance for the Insomniac team to meet their fans and you know get some feedback on what they about the multiplayer. And I think another reason why they had this event is because they had a whole bunch of swag probably sitting in their office they just wanted to get rid of. Because it seems like they just had like a pile of old shirts and a pile of posters and like, let's just get rid of this stuff. We need an event. Chris, you were accusing me that of that yesterday, you what? meanie. What? What? When I, do? I was talking about the Natsume giveaway on Facebook. Oh, yeah. Because we're giving away two copies of Real Fishing 2. And you were like, oh, contest is the way of getting rid of old crap. And I'm like, actually, I asked for those. Sorry. Yeah, and then I was like, wow. Oh, to be fair, they did give away something exclusive. <laughs> they give away what some... Did they uh, give- some Ratchet and Clank vinyls, which are, were made exclusively for the Insomniac Studio. So someone on staff had to say, I'll, I'm willing to give this to our fans. So that's pretty nice. That is cool. It was pretty cool. Ted Price came out. He was meeting, greeting everyone. Uh, Adam Sessler was there doing like a one-on-one interview. Um, everyone who went is getting uh, beta codes for, they're going to be first for uh, Resistance 3 and Ratchet and Clank all for one uh, multiplayer modes. Uh it was really cool. I hung out with a lot of interesting people. We just I I think I got there a little too early. If you could if you go to facebook.com slash rpgamer you can see a selection of pictures that I took and a, a few that I curated from some you other. You got site. there too early? Uh yeah, because usually these things fill up kind of kinda of quickly. Like the last one they had was in two thousand nine. And if I I had to get there by like ten AM because it filled up pretty quickly. This one I I showed up maybe around eleven ish. Yeah. And I, I was like maybe number ten in line for like a good three or three or four hours before any more people showed up. Ouch! Hey, but it was fun. I actually enjoyed the people I was hanging out with. We talked about RPGs. I, I actually talked about uh, Nix's uh, Prashadi Eve review to some people, and I had to be like, "No, man. The reason why she said this was because this, this, and this." So it was actually pretty fun. It was interesting. Um, there was a raffle that I was actually lucky enough to win some cool stuff. I won. I think I won the second biggest prize pack at the event, which is um. There's a picture of it. I won all of, you know, DC Unlimited. They have an action figure line where they make action figures for a bunch of video games, and I won. They they also do the World of Warcraft action figures and the Starcraft action figures. I won this the entire series one set, which is like Ratchet, Ratchet and Clank, Quark, Doctor Nefarious, Ratchet and some armor, and I won an exclusive series two figure that's hard to find. Like Ratchet and Hyperflux armor, and I won a special UK version of uh, Ratchet Wait. and Clank Quest for Booty, which was only released How as a demo. How did you win game. all that? It was one prize pack. Oh, one prize pack. Okay. It was like they were giving out a bunch of individual stuff, and he said, "All right, we're gonna give out one big thing. Let's see who wins this major thing." I'm like, "Oh, I just won that. All right." Yeah, Quest cool. for Booty. I bought a a, a, physical, a retail copy of Quest for Booty, which is only released digital in the United States, and I got two cool shirts. Neat. Um, anything else I want to say about this? It was pretty cool meeting everyone. I was I had some good seats. I mean, if anything, it was for me. This was all about the community. So, what do you mean by Adam Sessler did a special one-on-one interview? Um, uh, one of the panels at the end of the show was Adam Sessler came out and sat down with Ted Price and just talked about oh. Ted Price, uh, his views on gaming, where he wants to go now with his studio, what his plans are for the future, where he sees gaming going in general. Okay, it was interesting. But it, it, was, it was kind of poorly set up in a way where um, there was 
wall-to-wall panels. So if you actually want to spend any time playing the games, you have to sacrifice one of them. So I ended up having to, I ended up like sacrificing or like not watching the all the Ratchet and Clank all for one. So I didn't get to see the voice actors come out or them explain the game. But I figured this is my one chance to play the multiplayer demo. I mean, the single player demo now and I'd have to wait like 10 hour lines at E3 to try it. Um, yeah. You clearly do not flash your press badge enough at E3. <laughs> um, the funny thing, I just... In this one, oh yeah, you're right. But this one, I didn't want to go to as, as try to get in as press. I mean, we're an RPG focused site. Well, it was a community and, event. They probably didn't have press, did they? Oh, there were there were some VIP press people there. Oh, okay. There was a whole VIP press line, and I'm like, you know what? We don't even really cover RPGs. That's I mean, right. excuse me, opposite. <laughs> <laughs> I guess someone could make that argument now, based on the poll that we just put out. But uh. You know, I, I I went there as a fan. I went there early. I woke up early. I waited in line for several hours. I hung out with everybody. I didn't try to cut in front of anybody's line. I just got lucky and won some cool stuff and did some cool fan events. So it, it was fun just to be because I oftentimes when I go to these events, I do get to cut in front of the line of people. I do get to get the special swag back. So it was nice just to wait in line with everybody else, have fun conversations the whole day, and win some cool stuff, get some stuff autographed, and go home at the end of the day thinking like, wow, what, what a cool day. I got really lucky. Cool. That's, that's going to be the new quote. <laughs> is, that, is that the title of the show? We don't really cover RPGs. We don't really. I think so. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we cover patchwork in and quilts and in and out and insomniac. There's my, uh, yep. I'll start on the, the oh, tagline. Really quickly, before yep. I forget, I'm because I won. Well, at the 2009 Insomniac Community Day, they gave me a free copy of uh, Ratchet and Clank: A Crack in Time, and then at this one, I got Ratchet and Clank: Quest for Booty. And so the only Ratchet and Clank PS3 game I didn't have was Tools of Destruction. So I ended yep. up, as Anna knows, I ended up buying it on uh, Amazon for real cheap, and I started playing it. This and there was like free Prime shipping for it. <laughs> Yes, I got free Amazon Prime ship on it, Anna. Okay. I accidentally sent her. <laughs> Wait, you sent it to her? I was trying to send it to somebody else saying, hey, look, it's really cheap. We should pick it up. Wait, 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 and wait. How did you send something Prime to Canada? No, 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 no. 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 I said he, the, he sent an email oh. trying to convince it was Anne, right? Yeah. Oh. And it auto-filled out me instead of her, and he didn't notice until oh. he'd sent the email. So I get this email that it's like, hey, baby, we should totally pick this up. I did not say and hey, baby. <laughs> no, but I mean, Wait, you know, that, that was... Who's How many girls do you have, Manny? <laughs> <laughs> That's Sorry. not the name I expected for hey, baby. <laughs> so anyway, I've been playing Russian Clank Tools of Destruction this week, and... <laughs> I have to say, that game is a lot of fun. It's actually really, it's just simple, simple fun. You just play through it. Like, uh, it really does look like a Pixar movie. I There's have that, bad. and I really should play through it. Oh, my gosh. It's a lot of fun. I'm surprised. I didn't think I, would, I, didn't think I was into these kind of games. And just I'm playing through it, and it's, it's very chill. Very, I mean, I, I will complain about some of the UI. I mean, this is a game came out in 2007, so yeah. some of the UI feels old. It There's looks no, good, though, for the time, and it oh, still it looks it really does, good. It still looks really good. There's just my problem is like some of the features and some of the menus are buried within menus, and then there's unskippable cutscenes. Although I understand why there's unskippable cutscenes in this game, I think that's how they mask their load times. Because once oh. you're in a level, you never see another loading screen. Okay. So you know, it's 
I think it still holds up pretty well. And once I'm done with this, I'm going to go on to uh, Quest for Booty, my special UK version, which was only released in small quantities. And then I'm going to jump on to uh, Crack in Time, which I feel kind of, I kind of feel bad. They gave me a free copy. I have it autographed by everyone there, and I still haven't played it. Man, you're oh. so evil, Manny. <laughs> Am I really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. Because they gave me a free copy, I didn't know. Well, it was... Wait, what? Because you what? I didn't even really. Oh, because you didn't cover it. Why did they give you a free copy? No, no, they gave me, gave me a free copy and you never played it. Oh, right. Well, now you well, I'm going to do it right now. I, I even gave them money. I paid for a hey, version. So you're playing... I, mm, so the last one you got was the DLC one? And now this time you got the, 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 no, the I, sequel I I on disc? Oh, okay. I went in I got Kraken Time for free, autographed, and then I got... I would I was gonna get the Quest for Booty, the, that one autographed, but I, at that point I had a stack. How, wait, isn't Quest for Booty the DLC? Yeah, I got in the UK was released it? on a disc. Oh, and, and it works here. Yeah, it's very Sweet. small quantities, and they gave me one of those. That's pretty awesome. There's actually a picture I'm gonna afford to of of them announcing my prize. I saw that on the Insomniac Community Day. Hmm. All right, cool. Well, I'm done. Okay. Hmm. See, that's them reading them off. So I was gonna get Quest for Booty autographed, but at that point, I had to I had to ask the the theater people for a trash bag so I can carry all the figures with me on the because I was going home on a train and on a bus. I'm like, I'm not carrying that in my hand. So I had to go ask for trash bags to try to carry everything. And by that point, I was just like, I'm I'm just gonna try to get home. <laughs> okay. So, any closing thoughts? Oh, I'm just uh, reading the... I'm trying to find the Pokemon Global Trade Center site, site which is closed, and then I'm trying to figure yeah, out the like, new I one. I noticed there's a few OKs, like, okay, I guess I need to keep on talking. Okay. Well, no, I'm just trying to... to <laughs> so I'm trying to follow up for people. There's this uh, Pokemon site that's supposed to be online, um, like, around now, and I'm trying to see if it is, because uh, there's a I, big I, feature I, in Pokemon Black and White. And I'd I, heard that that had been delayed due to the earthquake. Oh, well, that's too bad. Can't even remember the name of the site, so I can't even check on it. And then I found this Pokemon-GTS.net, which looks like a user site. Or Pokemon-GTS.com, rather. That's a user site. And I thought it was funny because I'm going scrolling down. And they go through out of their way to make it clear that Firefox, Flock, Chrome, Opera, and Safari are supported. But Internet Explorer is not. Arr. I'm like, wow. Way to just hate the web. Okay, so no, nobody cares. That's okay. Uh, what's going on in our chat room? Do you guys have anything for us to close out the show on? Oh, who knows if I'll be on the podcast next week. My mouth may <gasps> be wired shut. Why is that? Oral surgery. Oral surgery. Why would it be wired shut? Only if it went Because there's a chance my jaw might break. What? The sad part is, is I'm not going to be on the podcast next week. No! It's you and Quinn, the two-man show. Oh, dear. Looks like you're stuck with me again, Chris. <laughs> Maybe I'll he do a Friday show. So excited! I'm not gonna make Friday either. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Oh, there you go. Noodles on the podcast. Oh, you have to wait to summon her. I have to do face, 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 face. Say face three times. Uh, yeah, like noodles. N- noodle now knows uh, one sentence in Japanese. Is it? Dirty? I know a sentence in Japanese. Go on. 
Gomenasai watashi wa baka kanada jentesu. You don't pronounce the U in des, otherwise it makes oh. you sound like. Well, she, she wants to sound. Like she wants to sound like a little girl on an anime, so I think it works well. <laughs> don't you? I think that was appropriate. All right, desu. All right. She's like a, she's like one of the frogs on Sergeant Frog too. Wow, it's old school. The ten frogs. It's not that Captain old Frog. school. What do you mean old school? <laughs> Sergeant Frog is like within the fa- past five years. I'm Commander Frog, and I think this podcast is over. <sighs> <laughs> Afro Gunso. That's all I'm gonna say. <sighs> Anada no cow. What does that mean? Your face. (laughs) Sweet. All right. Well, I guess that's how we're going to end. Thanks, everyone, for watching. Um, You can leave us feedback by emailing us at podcast.rpgamer.com. You can also send us a voicemail at 608-729-4098. Next week, I think we're going to have some special music segments for you. Uh, And I don't know what else. It might just be me and Quinn bored. (laughs) I'm sure you'll figure out something. Maybe Michael can, can find his way onto the show next week. And mumble. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, I'm not hurt. Whatever. Like that'll ever like that'll ever happen. Yeah, I know. Uh, maybe maybe the other Michael. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Someone who we need some RP Gamer staff member to step up. Um, oh, Pokemon-GL.com. That's what I was looking for, and it's still not on. Sweet. Or unsweet. But that's too bad. Uh, all right. Uh, and also send us feedback at the message boards at board.rpgamer.com. Find the show thread inside the latest updates section of the forums. Or go to rpgamer.com slash rpgcast. There'll be a link to the forums for the current episode right there at the top of the page. Thanks, everybody. And uh, I think Shaman's right. Next week may see the return of Release Tracker. All right. So goodbye, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye now. Bye-bye. Your face. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>